If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. Amen. Good morning. How was everybody? Good. Hello, Pastor John Rogers. It's good to see you. Amen. Everybody glad they're in church so far? Man, what a great conference we had, huh? How about that prophetic conference? I was, man, I'm still on a high from that. That was so fun. Sunday night, Derek Miller brought the word and ministered and prophesied. Then the next night we had Pastor Roxanne Alexander who rocked the house and then Daniel Plowman. He did all right. And then the, th- and the last night, Misty Westland. Did, I'm just kidding. I, I'm saying that because I'm hoping he hears this. He gets the podcast. But no, I, it was just wonderful to see how each one's ministry and their gift flowed in this place and how receptive all of you were because some of those services went really late. And, uh, but I watched some of you. You just didn't want to go home. You just sat here and waited and just soaked it all in. It was wonderful. So uh, I just want to say thank, thank you to all of you who were, were here and part of that. I think our average attendance was somewhere around 150 a night. I mean, it was just tremendous. We're very well attended. And I, think, I thought last year we couldn't top it, but I believe we did. I believe we did this year. And God spoke some great things into your individual lives as well as the life of this church. And that, that's why we make time for this prophetic conference for that very reason, because I feel like there's a, it's a special assignment from God. And uh, that it's important that we have that, not for all of us individually as well as for our church. And uh, so I'm, I want to just encourage you, those of you that received a word and, that, and heard the word that was spoken over this church, which is your church, say, this is my church, all right? That, that is that you believe the prophets and you will prosper. You believe the prophets and you will prosper. How many believers are here in the room today? All right. That means that if we're our believers, then that is our first tendency. Not skepticism, believing. Not doubting, not what, are you hearing me? If we're believers, then we're believers. Amen? Then we got to believe. Well, yeah, I'm not going to be gullible, Pastor Eric. Why not? Why not? Well, that set in just like a Led Zeppelin. I just, I mean that. I'm not saying stupid. I'm talking about, I'm talking about that we just have a tendency to believe. Because if we don't, we get cynical like everybody else. And we're not like everybody else. Amen? I mean, love believes all things. I can't get over that scripture. And we can call it what it is, but that's what it says, right? Love believes all things. All right, well, Amen. Hey, listen, God believes in us, doesn't he? Amen. God believes in you. How many times has he seen you fall on your face? Right? Amen. He still believes in you. He still believes in, he still believes in, in his power in you. Amen. He still believes in the work that he started, and he will be faithful to complete it. Amen. He believes in that. He believes. God is a believer. Amen. So it's important that we, as his children, take on that same nature and believe. All right? Believe to a fault. I don't think there's much fault in believing. Just don't find much fault in it. Amen. Well, we are in our series on the family, and so I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Genesis chapter 3. And I'm excited to tell you a couple of things, one being that two weeks from today, well, next Sunday is Father's Day, but two weeks from today, my beautiful wife, Pastor Heather Holler, is going to be bringing the word here. That Sunday morning. So you do not want to miss 
that Sunday. Amen. Two weeks from today. So, uh, y'all, y'all ready for a joke? There's a, his English teacher was explaining to his students the concept of gender association in the English language. And he noted how hurricanes at one time were given only female names and how ships and planes were usually referred to as she. One of the students raised her hand and asked, well, what gender is a computer? So the teacher wasn't certain about that, and so he divided the class into two groups, males in one and females in the other. Asked them to decide if a computer should be a masculine or feminine. Uh, Both groups were asked to give four reasons for their recommendations. The group of women concluded the computer should be referred to as masculine because, number one, in order to get their attention, you have to turn them on. (laughs) Number two, they have a lot of data but are still clueless. (laughs) Number three, they're supposed to help you solve your problems, but half the time they are the problem. And number four, as soon as you commit to one, you realize that if you had waited a little while longer, you could have had a better model. (laughs) The the men, on the other hand, they decided that computers should definitely be referred to as feminine because, number one, no one but their creator understands their internal logic. (laughs) Number two, the native language they use to communicate with other computers is incomprehensible to everyone else. Number three, even your smallest mistakes are stored in long-term memory for later retrieval. (laughs) And number four, as soon as you make a commitment to one, you find yourself spending half your paycheck on accessories for it. (laughs) All right. In this series, we've learned, number one, God invented the family. This is all instituted by our creator, thank God. And that he put a man and a woman together and told them to be fruitful and multiply. As a matter of fact, it says he blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Subdue the earth, fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion. Now I want you to remember that the blessing is on both the man and the woman. Can I get a good amen today? The man and they walk side by side. In the grace of life, one does not rule over the other, they rule together. This is God's plan from the very beginning. Now, there are scriptures out there that people take and they twist and they turn and make them say what they want to say, right? And most of the time, it's harping on the woman, right? It's always, religion always, through the centuries, always binds the woman. Always. She's the victim of religion. And, but we're going to walk through some scriptures not all of them today, but over the next couple of weeks that we're going to just, I'm going to show, shed some light on the scripture that maybe you've not ever seen before concerning some of those erroneous teachings about the man and the woman and their role as husband and wife in the earth. All right. Is, will this help you? Are you ready for that? All right. Well, it will help you. I know it will. But remember, I want to just remind you that there, because everything that God creates, the devil tries to destroy. All right, everything that he has created, the devil tries to destroy. Now, if you want to uh, log in today to your YouVersion app, you can find some notes to follow. Um, so you, you guys, I think, know what to do at this point. If you have the YouVersion Bible app, hit the live button, search One Cause Church, and there you'll find it. Um, but there's an attack on the family. There's an attack on the family. There's the, the, the devil wants nothing more than your marriage to be broken up. 
He wants your children scattered. He wants your whole family disassembled. Because don't forget, we talked about this a few weeks ago, a house divided against itself will not stand. And that division, when it starts in the house, then it affects the city, then it affects the nation, and ultimately the world. Right? So it all starts in the home. And if the family's whole, then we can depend on the nation eventually being whole. So I'm not really concerned about what's going on in Washington, D.C. I am concerned about that, but I'm not near as concerned about that as I am about our families, about our homes being right. Because if the homes are right, are you hearing me? If the families are right, if the families are strong, if the families are whole, then that will become a strong and whole nation. Hallelujah. So, I mean, yesterday I'm at my house and... um, just, I just got through mowing the yard and, and uh, eating some lunch, and I think Maddie was, yeah, Maddie was, she was laying on the couch. And we were sitting there watching TV, and the doorbell rings. And I open the door, it's my mail lady. And she's crying. She's standing there holding my mail. She said, can I talk to you for a second? I said, sure. And I didn't know that she knew I was a preacher. But she starts telling me about her family's being broken up. And her marriage is in trouble, and I mean, just start spilling her guts right there. I open the door right into this situation. And so she hands me the mail, and, and I, I listen to her for a little while and give her some advice and pray for her, and she leaves. And I thought, God, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. The people, people are just going through life, and then they're going home to this hell in their house. And ladies and gentlemen, this is not God's design for us. God has a way for us to have a whole and healthy family and to, and to enjoy our relationship with one another, enjoy our children. The Bible says that in a godly home, the children rise up and call their parents blessed. Whew. See, we're raising our children in such a way that when we're adults, we can actually be friends with them. Yes. Oh. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, right now, right now, we're not really friends. We are on one level. But the older they get, the more, I mean, Maddie's 16 now, so we're becoming more that way. But there are still things I've got to get to her. Heather and I are are depositing into her and teaching her and guiding her, and we have to keep the lines clear because I want a good, healthy friendship relationship. That's That's how I am with my dad. Enjoy my parents in a whole different way than I used to when I was a kid. Didn't enjoy them all that much. Got whipped all the time, but, you know. Now we really enjoy. I understand now why they did what they did, why they trained me the way they did, and I enjoy their company. But this is all designed by God. And so this, the enemy is out to attack you. Remember what God told Adam? Remember, he put him in the garden to do what? To tend it and to guard it. To guard it. What's he guarding it against? That devil, that serpent. So, so, so God's telling Adam, yeah, you have all this this thing to do, this thing to oversee, but you have to guard it because there's an enemy that's coming to steal from you. There's an enemy that's coming after you to destroy you, all right? And ladies and gentlemen, your garden is your home, and you have to be vigilant to guard your home. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the devil, our God, is saying to the woman, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, 
I'm sorry, he's talking to the devil. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, capital S, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his. I love this part. God's telling right here the devil that there is going to be a man that's born of a woman and he is going to destroy your works. He is going to wreak havoc on you just as you've wreaked havoc on the earth up to this point. And he is going to mess you up, man. And don't you know that the Bible says for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works. He completely unraveled the power of the devil, hallelujah, and made us free from the power of sin. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Right here, right here is where a lot of guys go, see, pastor, I'm supposed to rule over that woman, right? Let's, let's, think for just a moment this is a pronouncement of a curse this was not the design in Genesis 1 and 2 this is the result of sin alright and he said he shall rule over now guys if you want that kind of relationship then you have to take what the next verse says too alright if you want that relationship, then to Adam, he said, because you heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. How many of you like this so far, guys? All right. Both thorns and thistles it will bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. Continue. In the sweat of your face, you will eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So guys, if you want the woman, if you want to be the rule, if you want to rule over your wife, then expect to just eke out an existence. Expect that with every kind of provision comes a persecution. That even though that you, you can produce something, along with it is junk too. Yeah. All right, if that's what we want. How many of you guys want this? Because you can have it. You want, to, you want to put the wife under the thumb? Then you get to have this kind of job. Right? where you work hard, it's grueling for everything that you produce, it is very difficult. No thank you. One scripture sets us free from this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. From the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us, for it is written, every, uh, curses everyone who hangs on a tree. And I like the next verse, Galatians chapter 3. It says that the blessing of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith in Christ. Hallelujah. So what happens is, now that Christ redeemed us from this curse, we don't have to have those effects. See, we can go right back to what God did. Is he restored everything right back to man, his plan, his design, his purpose, as it was from the very beginning, that a husband and a wife should walk together in the grace of life. Amen. Amen. It was never God's plan for the man to rule the woman or the woman to rule the man. It has always been his plan. They walk side by side. Now I want you to grab your Bible, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and <clears throat> verse 1. It says, this is a faithful saying, if a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, 
able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. Again, there's another scripture reference that says, see, the man's supposed to rule. But let me give you just the word for rule here in the, in the Greek here. It says it means to maintain, to be over, to rule, to set or place before, to set over, to be over, to superintend, to preside over, to be a protector, I like this, or a guardian, to give aid to, to care for. Now, turn to two chapters over, 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy 5 verse 14 says, Therefore I desire that the younger widows marry, bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Now this talked about the women, and look, the word for women, I mean for, for manage there, the Greek word means to guide the house, to be master or head of a house, to rule a household. So the, the, the man is the master and the woman is the master. That's all this is teaching us. Yay! All right, we're both. Together, rulers of our own house. We manage the house. Remember we talked about this and we broke these things down a couple of weeks ago, how the man, there are certain things that you're good at, and lady, there are certain things that you're good at. And if you learn that those differences can be a strength rather than a hindrance, praise God, then you can really have a good marriage and you can rule your house well, but you rule this house together. Amen. I feel like I lost a few of you there, but I'm not worried about it. I told you from the very beginning I'm not going to be too terribly politically correct and I'm not, going to hear, I'm not here to help, you, uh, to help you feel all warm and soft. I mean, I hope you do feel warm and soft, but I'm not here for that. I'm here to bring you the truth, all right, to teach you the word. And uh, sometimes that stings a little bit. That's all right. We need a sting once in a while. Amen. Now, I just want to say for just a moment um, where it says uh, back in 1 Timothy 3, a bishop must be blameless. Now, this is talking about a leader in the church, all right? The husband of one wife. And maybe I can set some guys free here today and maybe help you that there has been a really, really terrible thing gone on in the church concerning that phrase right there, to be a husband of one wife. And it used to be, and it still is in some denominations, that if a man has been divorced, that he no longer qualifies to be a leader in the church. And nothing can be further from the truth about that verse of Scripture right there. That verse of Scripture says to be a husband of one wife. That is, that he has a monogamous relationship. He doesn't have many wives. He has one wife. It has nothing to do with divorce and remarriage. It has to do with how many wives he has. Okay? That he's the husband of one wife. All right? Because one wife is enough to rule. I don't know how in God's name any man goes beyond one wife. We see what happened to Solomon. I mean, he just got beyond his own, his own control, and they, they were his demise in the end. Of course, he had a 1,000. <laughs> but who, what man has time for that? I, don't even, I can't even comprehend that. I feel like I'm going 100 miles an hour with the top down already as it is with this beautiful woman. And, and I, you know, and it's wonderful. But I, you see what I mean? What it's saying is he needs to be a husband of one wife for, for, for various reasons. One, to show the picture of Christ in the church, but another, so he has time to do this. Right? Because Paul talked to us a little, a little earlier in Corinthians. He, taught, he talked to us about, uh, he said, I wish if you're single, stay single. He said, because a man who's married, he has, to, he has to pay attention to his wife. He has to live for his wife. 
He cannot give himself fully to the Lord because he has a wife to take care of. But he said, so if you can stay single, do it because you can give all of yourself to God. Right? We just know it, that our love, our loved one, takes our life. Right? And that's a good thing. God designed a man and woman to be together. Right? Amen. But man, to be able to just say, yeah, I can get a plane ticket. I'll be there tomorrow. Right? To be that free from it, that's, some people need to be that. Amen. But Paul said, boy, if you just can't quit burning the lust, though, you need to get married. If you can't get over yourself, then uh, <laughs> get married. All right. <laughs> now listen, the husband and wife, they are, to, they are to rule the house. They are to manage the house under the lordship of Jesus. Let me just say, in our house, Jesus Christ is the CEO of this company. Yeah. All right? And what he says goes. And we are partners with him. We're partners together, but he's the boss. Jesus is Lord. I, every day, I confess that over me and my wife and children. I always say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? And Jesus is Lord of our home. It's important that you say that, ladies and gentlemen especially you gentlemen, it's important that you say that, all right? You let your own hearers hear it. You let your children hear it, that we are not here and we're, we're not making our own way through life. No, we're in submission to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and Jesus Christ is going to rock our house for the rest of our lives. Amen. All right, Romans chapter 12. Can you go over there for a moment? Can you handle a little bit more? All right. Romans 12, verse 18. Now, this, this I love this verse of Scripture. It says, if... <clears throat> if uh, 18. If it is possible, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. My dad taught me this. I think he kind of paraphrased it like this. He said, son, if the bridge is burning, you throw water as far as you can. If the bridge is burning that relationship, you do everything you can to make for peace. We're not bridge burners. We're bridge builders. All right? And in your marriage, think about the kind of marriage that you could have. Think about the family environment. If everybody could get it in their heads, if everybody could get it in their hearts, that they are going to live peaceably with everybody. That we are going to be peacemakers, not peace breakers, peacemakers. Amen. And that very much has to do with the conversation that you have, what is coming out of your mouth, and what's not coming out of your mouth. Man, you can keep the peace just by keeping the mouth shut. Amen. I found that to be true. Man, I mean, chomping down on that tongue, don't say it. You know where this will go, right? But in a little burst of anger, you let it out there, and man, then you got to pay for that. And you will pay. And you will pay. And you will pay. Yeah, it is that long-term memory thing. That's exactly right. But whatever depends on you, Look at the impact. Think about it. This impact that it would have on our homes. Imagine if you just decided the rest of your life that you were going to make peace with your spouse. For the rest of your life, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make peace. 
Whatever you can do to make peace, do that. Do it. In 1873, one of my heroes, a man by the name of Samuel Colt, introduced a pistol that was named the Peacekeeper. Because of its simple design and the use of shell cartridges, anyone could learn to use this weapon. It was easy to load, and the, the graduated sight made it simple to aim and fire. Someone said God made every man different, but Sam Colt made them all equal. The idea that was that a larger, stronger man could no longer overpower a smaller, weaker man. Brute strength was equalized by speed and accuracy. See, if a person wants to keep peace, it looks like weapons are going to be needed for that. Right? See, it was one thing for us to become the nation that we are, which is, an, is a great nation. But when, 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 when Cornwallis surrendered, and basically the Revolutionary War began to disband and be over from that point, well, we didn't just bury our guns in the ground and say, cool, we're free. No, we built a military. We built a strong force that would continue to keep the peace that we had obtained, right? And we're, st we're still doing it today. We're still keeping the peace, but it takes gunfire. It takes power to do it, right? All right? But we're not talking about being peacekeepers. We're talking about being peacemakers. Keeping the peace... I mean, it at best can be a dangerous undertaking and, and seems to only be temporary. I think, you know, they say in the last 4,000 years, we've had maybe, maybe 300 years of that actual peace on our, on our globe in the last 4,000 years. To live peaceably with all men, men means you're going to have to be a peacemaker. It's not going to happen automatically. You have to make it. Are you hearing me? And, and if it's possible, now listen, sometimes it's not possible. That's what I love about the scripture, right? It says, if it's possible, live peacefully with all men. Sometimes people are not gonna, they're just not going to go for it. And you can't, you can't do anything about it. You just do whatever you can. And if they accept it, great. If they don't, what can you do? All right? You can't make somebody do something. You're going to have to, you're going to have plenty of opportunities to do the other thing. I mean, anyone can, can smart off, Right? Anyone, anyone can lose their cool, but who will make for peace? And before you think you need to defend yourself, defend peace before you defend yourself. Amen? I know that hurts your American mentality a little bit. Peace isn't, peace isn't just a truce. A truce just says you don't shoot for a while, <laughs> right? Peace comes when the truth is known, the issue is settled, and the parties embrace one another. That's peace. You know who said that? General MacArthur. Peacemakers don't just try to stop conflict. They're doing something far more meaningful than just avoiding trouble, there's, there's healing involved in making peace. There's restoring involved. Trying to bring about a reconciliation in a relationship. Even if it means going through the conflict, just make sure you go through it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 
Lady Astor once said to Winston Churchill, if you were my husband, I'd put poison in your coffee. To which he replied, if I was your husband, I would drink the coffee. (laughs) Decide today to live at peace. Do what creates peace. Amen? Hey, listen, don't forget, it is possible because the Prince of Peace is in your home. As a child of the living God, Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace, and he knows exactly what to do. How many of you know that he did do that very thing? When he came to the earth, this announcement came to earth before, at that point when that, when that babe showed up. And it said, goodwill, or peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Peace on earth. The message of Christ is peace. Peace on earth. Um, I, I like Romans chapter 10 that says, um, uh, for Isaiah says, who believed our report? No, 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 before that. Uh, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. I'm, hang on, I'm going through my Rolodex here. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, no, 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 no. Before that, Romans chapter 10, verse, how shall they hear without, how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, there it is, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things. Amen. This gospel is a message of peace to us. Hallelujah. That is, I love that word peace. It means erene, the Greek word erene, and it means the, the end of the rage and havoc of war. The end of it. God's war with man was over by Jesus Christ. He settled it once for all on that battleground called Golgotha. Hallelujah. On that cross, he settled the score once for all. His blood satisfied the wrath of God forever and ever and evermore. And now he says, peace. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And because we have peace with God, we can have peace with with one another. All right, you've got the Prince of Peace ruling and reigning in your house, then you have the opportunity to make peace every day of your life. Just settle it in your heart. You're going to make for peace. You're not going to defend yourself, right? You're going to make for peace. Be the bigger person in that relationship. All right, somebody be a Christian in this relationship, please, in this marriage. Please, somebody be a Christian. Okay, amen. Now, guys, I know, remember a couple weeks ago when I picked on y'all a little bit? It's a lady's turn for just a few minutes, and then we'll get out of here, all right? Can you take this? Because you're going to take it. All right. Now, listen, let me just say that about peace. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have disagreements. It doesn't mean that you're not going to argue, right? I mean, every couple on planet Earth, except for those perfect ones, um, argue, and they disagree, right? Heather and I do just about every day. She just won't submit. But... (laughs) There was a couple of, I, I remember um, hearing about some time ago. They'd been married almost 60 years, right? They said they never had a fight in 60 years. I'm like, did y'all live under the same roof? Or did you just get married and move off from one another? How is that even possible? <laughs> y'all are looking at me like it is possible, like you all live the perfect life out there. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 4. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. Whew. My wife's laughing. 
That word excellence, that word excellence means, listen to this, strength and influence. I love that. A woman of strength and influence, a wife, she is the crown of her husband. Every woman in this room who is a child of God has this virtue of strength and influence already. You already have it. It's here because you have the nature of God. You are the ch a child of God, so you have his spirit. Since you have the spirit of God living in you, then you have everything that pertains to life and godliness. And in the spirit, this is already a reality. But I want you to look at this. Look what the cause. Look at the cause of the opposite effect, the shame. Rottenness in his bones means he loses his strength. He loses his strength. Everything produces after its own kind. That's what the Bible teaches us, right? Now listen, so if we generate, moms, if you'll generate that strength and influence that you already have in you, in your family, to your husband, your children, then your children will be like you because like produces like. Now, this, this phrase that she who causes shame disappoints and delays. That's what that means. She disappoints and delays. Can, I want to encourage you, ladies. The, the first thing, disappoints. The number one way to bring disappointment in your relationship to your husband is by the words that come out of your mouth. By what you say and also what you don't say because he needs affirmation. He needs you to talk about how big his biceps are. He needs, you, he, needs, he needs that praise when he takes out the trash, even though it is his job. I know. But he still likes to hear, thank you, honey. I noticed you took out the trash today. Heather's real good about that. She didn't used to be good at it, but she, be, she became good at it over the years. She's learned that what is important to me as her husband, it's important to hear those words of affirmation. It builds me up. I mean, she, when she tells me, when she makes me feel like I can do anything, then I think I can do anything. Amen, guys? Can I get a good amen, dudes? Huh? We need this. We got to have, gotta have this. If we don't have those words and all we have is them talking about, I wish you were more like my sister's husband, <laughs> delays. I, I think it's interesting that one of the, the other definition, one is disappointment, one is delays. How is it that it's always the man waiting on the woman, right? And Brad Paisley tried to make it cute, saying, I don't mind waiting on a woman. And women are like, oh, there's a man who understands, <laughs> right? I do mind waiting on a woman, right? I do, I do mind waiting on a woman, right? We're always waiting, right? But, but guys, I'm going to just remind you today, I just want to remind you of the reason for the delay, right, is because she's got things she's got to take care of, right? I mean, she's got shifting and, and, and lifting, and she's got makeup to put on, and she's, she's got to spray it, and she's got to lift it and shift it and, and do everything it takes Thank God for all of that and primp it and tease it, whatever she's got to do. And I'm grateful. I thank God for it, right? <laughs> all those things have to happen. We just get out of the shower and we might shave or we might not, right? All right, I'm ready. Let's go, right? 
So we're ready to go, and, and she's just started, right? And not only that, but she's got three kids that she's got to get ready too. So instead of you complaining about it, why don't you get your fat rear end off the couch and go help your wife? You know, once you get ready, once you get ready, you can go help get the kids ready for Pete's sake, right? Well, it's not my job. That's her job. Oh, get over yourself, right? You didn't mind fathering them, did you? You had a lot of fun doing that part. Wait, I was picking on the women. How did it get over on us? Man, Lord, did you do that? that, that. <laughs> okay, back to the ladies. Proverbs 27, verse 15. Let's look at that for a moment. Man, I felt like I was, Heather just like possessed me and just started talking. All right. <laughs> Okay, Proverbs 27, 15. A continual dripping on a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Boy, is that well said. I'm not talking about in my house. I just, I'm just helping some of my guys out here today. Whoever restrains her, listen to this, restrains the wind and grasps oil with his right hand, which means it's impossible. It can't happen. You can't stop the wind from blowing, and there ain't no way in the world you can grip oil. Now, a contentious woman, now listen, to the, the word for contention here is strife and discord. Hey, let me just encourage you ladies today, keep your gentleness. It's one of your greatest attributes as a woman. Keep your gentleness. That's, that's, that's who God made you to be. Enjoy it. Embrace it. It's one of the divine attributes of who you are. Keep your gentleness. Don't lose your beautiful gentleness. It's what we love about you. We don't need you to act like one of the guys. I mean, I didn't marry someone who could possibly beat me in a fight. I, I didn't... I didn't want that. Listen, in this, in this, in this woman, woman can do anything that man can do world that we live in today, somewhere along the way, we've lost something. Don't lose your gentleness. I cannot stand to hear a woman cuss. It drives me, I just, it's like, Fingernails on a chalkboard, right? It's so unbecoming. Well, how come it's okay that guys do it and girls? I don't know. That's just the way it is. <laughs> Dudes are nasty. We're asking you, don't come down to that level. <laughs> don't do it. Be a lady. Amen. Hey, guys, you shouldn't say that either. All right? I'm, not, I'm not excusing you to just say whatever you want to. I'm just saying there's just something about a woman. When she says it's like, that ain't lady. That ain't woman. Amen. I mean, I was at this Chinese buffet years ago. I don't get to go to those anymore. But we need to talk. Maybe after church we'll go. 
I'll show you. We'll go to eat Chinese buffet. <laughs> and my favorite thing years and years ago used to be sweet and sour pork. And, <laughs> and so I was so excited to the buffet, and I've got all this, this pork, you know, and I, and I put it over a bed of rice and poured that sweet, sweet sour sauce all over it. And that was the first plate, right? So I go to the table, and man, I stick my fork in that pork and take a bite of it. And like horror hit me as I realized that wasn't pork that I was eating. At first I thought it was raw pork because my teeth just went just right through it. It was real mushy. Then I realized I was eating fried bananas. <laughs> the fried bananas looked exactly like the fried pork. I couldn't tell the difference because of the breading on the outside. I mean, it was shocking. Listen, I'm saying that to say, ladies, don't just have this appearance of a lady, and then all of a sudden you let this, these words come out of your mouth and go, whoa, 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 whoa. You look like one thing, but you sound like a man. just have the appearance of a lady in the language of a firefighter. <laughs> Be a lady through and through. Now, just a couple of, <laughs> couple of thoughts for your day before I dismiss you. Can you handle one more thing? Ten more things. I don't know. Ladies, I gave the guys some, some pointers, so I wanted to give these things to you. Number one, don't compare your marriage with someone else's. All right? The truth is you don't know what's going on in someone else's marriage. So don't compare. You be you. Right? You be you. Because the moment you start comparing, let me ask you this. If you do that, how would you like if your husband said, why can't you be more like, you ain't going to like that. How come you can't be more like your sister? Oh, really? My sister? What part of my sister are you talking about? Right? Don't compare your marriage to someone else's. Be in your marriage. Number two, don't believe what the stupid TV says about your marriage. Turn the view off. Bunch of knuckleheads. Hey, a TV on its best day is screwed up. Amen? And, and, and let me just say this, ladies. Your husband did not marry you to be his teacher nor his mama. There's a reason why he left mama. To get away from mama. Loves her but wants to be away. All right? Don't need mom. Well, who's, who's going to teach him then? Well, bring him to church. I'll teach him. All right? He don't need you to be his teacher. Number three, take pride in your personal appearance. The Bible says that the way a wife looks is a reflection of her husband. Nobody looking around. Y'all just... The way I want is a reflection of it. Care about what your dadgum look like, all right? Before you, I, that's one thing I love about Heather. That's one reason I do, I really don't mind waiting on her because I know that she takes pride in, in how she looks. And she is a, she is a, she's beautiful all the time. I mean, I just want to go, like, get up and run to IHOP or something and eat breakfast. Nope, that ain't, it ain't getting up and just running anywhere. I mean, I'm in my shorts and shirt. I've been sweating in at the gym. I come on, let's go eat breakfast. She's like, oh, I, I, can you give me like 38 minutes? You know, 
She's actually pretty good when she gets in a hurry. But, I mean, she wants to, she's not going to walk out there in sweatpants, right? And, like, you know, like, I'm amazed at how some some women walk out of their house. I I go to, I've been to the airport, you know, and it's like they just got out of bed and showed up and got on the plane. And they're still in their pajamas, right? I'm like, do you know that other people have to see this? And I want to just say just a couple of things to you ladies about some modesty here too. How a guy thinks. You younger ladies especially need to hear this. If you are, this is how a guy thinks. If you're willing to show it, then you are willing to share it. All right? So if you, if you want to show it, then don't be surprised don't be letting your boobs hang out and going, oh, I can't believe they're looking at my. What do you expect? What do you expect? Put them away. Amen. And if you, and if it, ah. now I know, I, I know, I know what the style is from time to time. I see, I see these pop stars out there, you know, and they've got their low cut stuff on. And, but you, some of y'all, don't realize that it's not supposed to hang over. So if it does, you need, you need to cover, you need to cover it up because we don't want to see that. That is not sexy. All right, I just, woo. Okay, we got to get through this. All right. I'll say it like this: just because it is the style, don't mean it's your style. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's the best way to say it, isn't it? So what does your husband want for you? Number one, he wants admiration and respect. Number two, a wife who forgives. What a great quality it is. A woman can forgive way better than a man can. A wife who will help him find the balance between families. My wife has done a great job between our fam- my family and her family. A wife who keeps her heart tender. What a man wants is a wife who puts him before friends and family. A wife who doesn't only see his faults. Yeah, they're there, but that's not all she sees. And a wife who will let him run the remote control. Amen to that one. Let's all bow our heads for a moment. Father, I want to say thank you for this time in your presence. Thank you, God, for your grace that abounds to us. Lord, thank you for what you teach us in your scripture, what you teach us in the word about our lives and about our our families, God. How, God, you have so much wisdom and guidance for us. Lord, I thank you for all the families that are here today. Lord, I thank you, Lord, whatever dynamic they're in in their life, whether they've, they've, they've got a broken home right now, whether they've been through a divorce or not a divorce, Lord, whatever the case is, you are their help. You are their strength. And there is grace for every race here today. I thank you, Father God, wherever they find themselves in life, there you are. And you have an answer, and you have a supply, and you have wisdom way beyond our own wisdom. And I thank you that you give wisdom liberally to those who will simply ask in faith. And if you're here today, ladies and gentlemen, and you say, I need God's wisdom, just ask him for it. Ask him, and believing that he's going to give it to you. 
You don't have to walk around aimless and, and, and try to figure out all these, these, these scenarios. Just trust in God. Give it to Him. You don't have to bear the burden and the weight of that. You're not meant, you're not meant to do that. That's why you need God in your life so He can carry the weight, so He can get, provide the resource. He can provide the answer. He can be your help. He wants you to depend. He made you to depend on Him. Amen. Just allow Christ to be who he is, the supreme ruler. Let him rule your home. You stop trying to do it. Let him rule it and work together. Hallelujah. In the grace of life. Father, I thank you, God, for just encouraging your people, empowering them, Lord, to be all that they can be for your glory. God, I thank you for a church full of families that are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God, because you've called us to be lights in this world. You've called us to be a city set on a hill, God. Hallelujah. Which cannot be hidden. Thank you for empowering us to be that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for sticking with me today. Pastor Brandon is going to come and dismiss you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.